trout and steelheader Learn about the species that you love Every day on the Salmon Trout Steelheader Podcast That's my little intro song Played on my Radagast Jones cigar box guitar My name is Lucas Holmgren And this episode of the Salmon Trout Steelheader Podcast is brought to you by Silver Horde. And Silver Horde is very well known out in the Great Lakes and is a absolute salmon and steelhead smasher, especially their spoons. Um, but uh, it's still kind of new to the Puget Sound area in the Northwest Columbia River, but I would not overlook Silver Horde. Take a look at some of their products. We got their ads in the magazines. <clears throat> and uh, this article is called Alaska's Igigik River Experience by Scott Haugen. And uh, my name is Lucas Holmgren. I have been to the Igigik River myself at Basheriff Lodge. And I just want to thank them for an absolutely wonderful experience. If you search on the Salmon Trout Steelheader YouTube channel, you'll find a video. I think it's something about fishing Alaska's best coho or something... The best coho salmon river in the world, or something to that extent. But something about that river is phenomenal for sockeye and coho. It does have a lake on it, and uh, it would definitely, if you have the means to go up to Alaska, you're going to be blown away. So I'm going to read this article. I know what you're thinking. Why would I go to Alaska when I have great salmon fishing so close to home? whether it be the Great Lakes or the Pacific Northwest. I used to think the same thing growing up in the Pacific Northwest, home to what I thought was the best salmon and steelhead fishing around, but once I went to Alaska, my fishing life changed. Heck, my life changed. After more than an hour of watching friends catch coho after coho, I finally felt the urge to make a cast. The action had been sizzling, yielding salmon on just about every cast. Then the bite suddenly stopped as it often does when fish move out of a hole in the river. I walked a short distance upstream to where I'd been watching dorsal fins splitting the smooth surface of the calm-flowing Igigik River. I knew of a little depression in that spot, one that often enticed traveling silver salmon to rest. I baited my hook with freshly cured eggs, and no sooner had the cluster hit the water when a hard-fighting coho attacked. The same results came on the next cast and the next. 21 casts saw me land 21 coho, keeping four that were hooked too deep to release. I lost a fish on the next cast and landed five more in a row before losing another. On my 29th cast, I landed my 27th coho and kept it as it was hooked deep. It was a nice buck, primed for cooking, though I could have kept fishing after keeping my fifth and final fish, the daily limit on Alaska's Igikik River, I called it a morning. And a little side note, always check regulations and check with the lodge on the daily limit. Pouring a cup of coffee, I sat back and watched friends continue to fish, reflecting on the many years of incredible memories I'd had on this amazing river. In the beginning. I first learned of the Igikik River in 2006, having fished throughout Alaska for 33 years and lived there for almost nine of those. The Igigik is my favorite coho river in the state. Now I know what you're thinking. Why would it go to Alaska when I have great salmon fishing so close to home? 
But my wife Tiffany and I lived in Alaska's Arctic for most of the 1990s, and I think that made me partial to the tundra. I like the openness offered by the rolling tundra surrounded by the Igigik River as it leads to some of the most spectacular sunrises and sunsets I've seen anywhere in the world, and I've been fortunate to see many places. The wildlife exposed by the tundra is tremendous. From giant brown bears to wolves, ptarmigan, and sandhill cranes, weasels to fox, and a plethora of bird life. I'd fish with Besheriff Lodge on the Egigik River for over a decade with the original owners. Then, in the fall of 2019, the lodge sold. Two men became equal partners in the lodge. George Joy, a longtime fishing and hunting guide who I'd known for years, and the best mechanic I'd ever seen, as well as Mark Corpy, a building contractor from Astoria, Oregon, who can craft a cabin from a 2x4 on a sheet of plywood. These two are a great team. <clears throat> the first thing George and Mark did upon acquiring Besheriff Lodge was erect multiple cabins, which repla- replaced the tents that they used for so long. This made it more welcoming for families, especially youth. They installed more flush toilets and showers and continue improving upon the amenities at the lodge, including expanding and upgrading the electricity. Two large structures with multiple rooms are now in place, along with smaller cabins and a comfortable dining hall with windows offering a commanding view of the river and the surrounding tundra. The entire staff is warm and welcoming, and Joni the cook among the best I've experienced anywhere in Alaska. Mark Corpy's daughters, Shelby and Cheyenne, help run things, are guides, and are the hardest working young ladies I've met. They helped build the new structures and personally carried every piece of wood from the river to the building site, something that has to be seen to be appreciated. David Stump, the head guide for many years, is one of the best anglers I've ever fished with. These are just some of the reasons I keep going back every season. The Hot Spot For many years, this camp was a place dominated by older male anglers. Today, the newly constructed lodge and its pleasantness attracts many couples, families, and youth. This is the best vacation we've had in 14 years, I overheard one wife confiding in her husband as they prepared to fly home. Though the lodge has satellite TV, it was never turned on. No one even asked for it to be. Mornings were spent taking in the sunrise with a hot cup of coffee or cocoa. Big breakfasts were the norm, something most people claim they never ate at home but didn't let slip by. Dinners were tasty with an abundance of food, and the friendly, comfortable atmosphere made it easy for people to help themselves to as much as they liked. Cookies were baked fresh from scratch each day. No one went hungry ever, and we all went home a few pounds heavier than when we arrived. While the comforts of camp play a big part in pleasing many people, it's the fishing that brought them here. Many serious anglers wake up early and have their coffee and breakfast down in time to be catching fish before the sun crests the horizon. There are also those who sleep in, appreciating the freedom to do what they want on their vacation. They catch fish too. A lot of fish. One season, thousands of coho held close to shore right in front of the lodge. After dinner, for nearly half the season, anglers caught salmon after salmon right from shore. It made for a fun, unforgettable experience for many people. That's only happened one other time in the history of the lodge. I was surprised with the number of folks who were happy fishing only in the morning. They'd return to camp, enjoy a hot shower and lunch, take a nap, read, then sit atop the viewing platform and watch the local wildlife until appetizers were served. 
It was relaxing and they reveled in it. Brown bears were seen every day of the season that year, many coming close to camp, even licking the fish slime from the boats during the night. A wolf came into camp three times, passing mere yards from the cabins. Willow ptarmigan, the state bird, abounded that summer, as they have the past four years, often mingling at the feet of anglers. <clears throat> the fishing is simple, and the gravel gently sloping banks easy for anyone to negotiate. The Igigik River is wide and shallow, and very little weight is needed to get presentations into the strike zone where coho salmon are holding and traveling. Little side note here, I was using the Dave's Tangle Free weight and uh, happened to give Scott Haugen a couple of them. And we were using primarily the 1 8 ounce stick weight in Dave's Tangle Free, which is now owned by BNR Tackle. That 1 8 ounce to 1 quarter ounce stick weight is perfect for drifting eggs into the strike zone. In fact, the very first cast Scott took with the 8 ounce stick weight resulted in a coho, and it didn't get snagged in an area that often got snagged. So I'd highly recommend bringing those stick weights up there if you get a chance, uh, especially 8 ounce and quarter ounce, you don't need to go any heavier. Cured eggs can be fished on the Ikigik River, which isn't the case for all rivers in the region of Alaska. Be it drifted along the bottom or suspended beneath a float, there's no contesting the value of a well-cured egg for achieving high, num high numbers of coho on this river. Spinners can be incredible on the Ikigik, with the flash glow squid skirt spinner topping the chain of command. Spoons and jigs are very productive too. A good twitching jig angler can expect consistent success on this river, with rubber leg versions being the hot ticket day in and day out. B&R Tackle soft beads are the best kept secret on this river, with the 32mm version opening many eyes. I've caught hundreds of coho on these over the past few years on the Igigik River. Another side note, I got to fish with Scott and I was amazed at the size of beads that we were drift fishing and float fishing that these coho went after. Absolutely massive beads. And so it's just one of those places that if you want to try bead fishing um, and really uh, get your eyes open to the size of beads that some salmon enjoy, this is the place to do it. Back to the article. Want to fish topwater for coho? This is the place. Be it with a spinning rod or fly rod. Many anglers use only a fly rod all week long, stripping streamers, moving wads, and swinging surface poppers. Spay rod anglers love the vast amount of prime open water to be fished. Last season, striker rods made coho rods for Besheriff Lodge, who started the season with 24 striker rods and ended the season with 24 striker rods. That in itself speaks to the quality construction of striker rods. We had 112 guests last season and not a single striker rod was damaged, shared David Stump, Besheriff Lodge's head guide. To get through a season with less than a dozen busted rods is rare, he pointed out. In 2019, Striker Rods purchased Rogue Rods and moved the operation to Eugene, Oregon. Striker Rods has assembled a who's who team in the rod design and manufacturing world. Their focus is on quality, not quantity. We're not here to take over the market, but to offer quality rods, shares Dwayne Levitt, one of three Striker Rods co-owners. Like many folks in the Pacific Northwest, we were all raised fishing and love to fish as much as we can. We just want to give people options when it comes to high-performance rods. 
Made in America, striker rods blanks are becoming hugely popular too. A lot of people love building their own rods, as do small businesses around the country, and we're here to help, concludes Levitt. They offer a comprehensive line of salmon, steelhead, and trout rods, along with rods for many other game fish, and they're continually expanding the line. Once folks started using the striker rods at our lodge, they kept coming back to them, shared Mark Corpy. Some even marked them with colored tape to lay claim to them so others wouldn't grab them, and bought some once they got home. That pretty much says it all. Plus, it saved us a lot of time and money having to ship in rods for repair at the end of the season. Bonus round. The beauty of Bashariff Lodge on the Igigik River is its proximity to even more remote places in Alaska. Flyouts take you to captivating streams where the pursuit of trophy-class arctic char and grayling, along with rainbow trout, capture the essence of fishing in Alaska. Last summer's wildfires destroyed a landing strip on the best remote rainbow trout stream in the area, unfortunately. If you want to experience brown bear viewing at the famed Brooks Falls, there's only a 25-minute float plane flight from the lodge. Watching 1,500-pound bears gorge themselves on sockeye salmon is a sight to behold. And when a fight breaks out, hang on. This is one of my favorite things to do in all of Alaska. An hour boat ride down the Ikigik River finds you in the village of Ikigik. Along the way, you'll often see bears, moose, beluga whales, and unlimited bird life. In the summer, the Bay of Igigik is home to some of the most intense commercial sockeye fishing in the world, but calm and quiet the rest of the year. It's a fun village to walk around and envision what it must have been like for the indigenous people of the region hundreds of years ago. The more time I spend at Basheriff Lodge, the less important catching high numbers of coho becomes. I've had multiple 100 coho days, as have many other anglers. Maybe it's because I've grown more aware of all the other things this magical place has to offer. Maybe it's because I find myself getting more pleasure watching others catch fish. Then again, maybe it's because I know I'll be back next year, and the year after that, and the year after that. There are a few places I keep going back to in Alaska, as there's so much to discover in this vast state. But the Ikigik River isn't an exception. Each year, the Coho Run gets me excited, and the tranquility of this place continually captures my mind. The Igigik River is the best Alaskan fishing experience I've come to know, which is why I keep going back. And that was an article by Scott Haugen about the Igigik River, and I got to go there when Scott was there. And uh, we had a great time. He kept uh, giving me crap because of my high-intensity, high-energy need to to go fishing, called me short bus and told me I need more Red Bull, Red Bull. And it was wonderful. I had a wonderful time with him. And the thing that I found incredibly enjoyable is I took multiple techniques up there. I brought all sorts of strange lures. I was bringing uh, Williams lures like the, the bully spoon and catching fish on that. I was bringing the Ells Goldfish 49er. And actually did extremely well with that one, especially in those shallower runs. It was, uh, Scott Haugen called it the splug because it looked like, it in the water it looked like a plug. It was a spoon and you fish it like a spinner, hence the splug. But, you know, like Scott said, sometimes you'd go out for a morning, you'd catch 20 or 30 fish. And then you just go, hey, I'd like to enjoy Alaska, hang out in the tundra. I will tell you, the best outdoor nap I've ever had was laying back in the 
Alaskan tundra. No bugs, perfectly quiet except for people landing fish on the river. An incredible experience. The food was phenomenal. The company was was great. Every single person in that lodge was a good friend. I got to meet one of my best friends, Trent Meyer, um, who I still fish with and talk to to this day. I met all sorts of wonderful people. It's not like this crazy fancy lodge where they bring you vegan appetizers on a silver plate or anything like that. Instead, it is beautiful hearty meals, incredible fishing, and I'm telling you, when you go out there, yes, you could catch 50 to 100 coho a day on a good day just by drifting eggs, but the thing is, it's it's not always that easy. Yes, sometimes it's a bloodbath where almost every cast someone is getting something, but sometimes it slows down and you've got to switch up your methods. An egg bite will turn into a spinner bite, and then all of a sudden, the fish will move a little farther out, and you've got to wait out a little bit more and cast a little farther to get them. And it's a wonderful place if you want to learn how to fly fish. I got my first couple coho on the fly there, swinging some streamers, and I had a wonderful time doing that. And then also trying all these lures, and not every single one of them will work. You can really get a good idea in a short time of what coho key in on. So for me, I definitely, you know, went out and caught a couple fish on beads and eggs first just to get those first couple fish out of the way. And then after that, it was all about techniques. And I remember the first time Scott Haugen tied on a popper and casted it out. And one second after that popper landed, a giant coho came out of the water and tried to destroy it. And I screamed like a little baby, just absolutely blown away by the aggression of that fish. So if you're looking for any place to fish in Alaska where you just want to have an incredible time, great numbers, and be able to try many techniques on a cool river, and it's it's actually somewhat big. I was expecting something a little smaller. It's a, a little ways across for sure. Nice gravel on it. Um, as long as you've got good wading boots, it's not too hard to get around. The people are wonderful. It was a phenomenal experience. Got to see some bears, although we were never in danger. Good accommodations and met some wonderful people that I'll be friends with for life. I would recommend checking out Besheriff Lodge on the Igigik River, and I cannot wait to go back again. Thanks again. This episode is brought to you by Silver Horde, and I would definitely recommend, especially if you're an angler that likes to troll, You ocean anglers, especially targeting coho, you need to be checking out these patterns. They are incredible. These Great Lakes guys, they know all about them. They use them like crazy, catch coho, chinook, um, and steelhead on them all the time. But us Pacific Northwest anglers, we need to take some cues from the Great Lakes. And when everyone else is running the same thing, set yourself apart with a silver horde lure. Thanks again, guys. Looking forward to the next podcast. You guys take care.